to Battle Red Radio. I'm Matt Weston. Tonight, I'm joined by uh, the serial killer to the detective that I am right now in this very bizarre Skype set that we have. My good friend, Taylor. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing all right, man. You know, just hanging out, watching my reality TV, feeling like I'm paying attention to you, but not really because, you know, I have to watch my reality TV. Yeah, your eyes are like almonds right now, so I, I buy that. I can see that. Hey, whenever the jellies get a hold of you, the jellies take care of you. That's the motto of the electric jellyfish. If you don't know what it is, just look it up. It makes you crazy. <laughs> I feel like the way that my screen looks like and your screen looks like, it's like in the dark night whenever Batman's just right behind the Joker and his eyes are all hurt because it's, it's bright out of nowhere. I feel like that's how I look right now. No, no, it's like what I told you earlier. You think I look like a serial killer? I don't even know what you look like right now. It's just the outline of a body. It looks like they're interviewing you because you're part of the witness protection program. That's how bad it is. I'm, it's like you're trying to run away from me, and now you don't even want me to see what you look like. I'm a catfish right now. I don't, you're not a catfish. At least a catfish would show me a false photo. No, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just don't want to give, a, give you a full screen. I just got a shower. I'm a wreck right now. I promise next time we talk, the screen will be better. No way. They wouldn't this is after sh- fake photos. This is after the fake photos, you know? No way. They wouldn't even show me what a video. Those people don't even like that. It's all about the pictures. No, this is what we're doing. I'm a big old catfish right now. <laughs> or like you were talking about earlier, the, the detective who can't give his name at all. Or the informant is just like, whoa, 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 John is, and they just might as well disguise your voice tonight because that's all you look like to me. I don't even know if you're the real person. Is this Matt or is this just a person named Michael who also sound as girly as you? I don't sound girly. I sound tough. I'm like the white airhead right now. I don't, I don't even know. Mystery flavor. There's no mystery flavor. Who's You're the worst flavor. What would be the worst flavor? Like sour apple? Do people like sour apple? Nobody know. likes sour apple. Maybe I'm Kane. I'm the man behind the mask, you know? Nobody likes Kane either. Kane's Everyone- cool. I like his glove. Uh, Kane's cooler than Undertaker. Undertaker over Kane? Are you kidding me? Kane Everyone- over Undertaker. Okay, that's what I mean. Everyone's going to take Undertaker over Kane. Nobody takes Kane. If there's a reason why it's called the Undertaker. It's because he's below Kane. The ugly stepbrother in that argument because that's what Kane is. I didn't like when they showed him without his mask. It ruined the magic. I agree with you on that one. Um, so the Super Bowl happened this week. We watched it together. We spent our Sunday night together. I think the best way to describe Super Bowl 55 is it was like a, a detective movie or like a thriller movie where like you're waiting for it to get good the entire time. And then like two hours in, you're like, I guess this is just never going to be good. It's just going to be a kind of a bad, a bad movie the entire way. And we were kind of waiting like the entire time for that flip to switch for Kansas City, I don't think that's, that I said that right. Flip, I'm waiting for that switch to flip for Kansas City, and then it never occurred at all. And they were just kind of like bad the entire time. 
and uh, they never had that big run we were expecting, and Tampa just kind of kicked their brains out of their skull, and the Bucks are the World Series champions now. So do you blame – so you and I did watch the game, and I'm going back and forth now between it. So do you think that it was more the offensive line that was really giving Patrick Mahomes a problem here, which I do give him credit. Like, that's a really big loss to lose two. But do you think also, because you and I were talking about it, it was like immediately before the ball was snapped, he was automatically thinking, I'm going to run 10 yards this other way, and you're just not going to catch me. That was just weird for me. He just he didn't stand there and be able to make those smart throws or simple throws. Yeah, I watched the video today of it. And yesterday, and it takes me forever to do anything now, but uh, watching the video of it, like the pass rush was good for Tampa Bay, but it wasn't overwhelming at all. And it was like the, like the first pass rush that was really overwhelming was that third and sixth play in the second quarter where they were in the red zone and Shaq Barrett had the inside move and Jason Pierre Paul had like an inside out rush to create pressure. Then Mahomes runs 30 yards backwards and throws out bounds. And then Andy Reid was a coward and kicked that field goal instead of going for it there. But like that was the only time like the pass rush was overwhelming until like you know they're down thirty one six and they're throwing every down in the fourth quarter. So like the pass rush was good for Tampa Bay, but I think it's been kind of overblown. I think what this game kind of did though for Mahomes is it kind of magnifies like how much of a wild man is he is, and like whenever you're down or whenever you're playing, you know, with the with the offensive tackles that are slower and can't have really deep pass sets and be able to you meet guys on the edge like that, it really kind of magnified like how like wild and crazy he is. And kind of show like the kind of bad parts of playing quarterback like that can be. I just hate playing devil advocates all the time because or advocate because I just hate where I don't want to be able to stick up for Patrick Mahomes. Man, how many like balls hit guys in the face? Well, yeah, that's not what you asked like, me though. That makes sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, every every single one, it just seemed like, especially with Tyreek Hill, especially with Kelsey, these are his top guys, and they are the ones that are dropping passes and the critical plays of the game, which was extremely shocking. I mean, even with Patrick Mahomes running around 10 yards to the left or the right and extending the play 30 seconds longer than what he ever should have, he still had his wide receivers and his most trustworthy individuals drop the balls. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, actually, because this is the team where you would not expect it from. And it just goes back to with Tampa. This was a defense that is just wanting to be able to get after the quarterback. They were just hungry all season and in the playoffs where it's just Tom Brady that just does everything. He gives people the hope that we all need. He's the best <laughs> our Gotham. This is what we all want, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm very lost now after that. But yeah, I mean, like that first that first half was a good example of everything you mentioned. Though, where I think Mahomes kind of at times like these like throw angles he had and these throws that he got off. Some of them was kind of like if you're playing pickup basketball and somebody's just like trying to shoot that like 180 fadeaways or 360 layups and somebody's around just because I know it looks cool. It's like me at the basketball court where I just say, "Hey, throw me a pass real quick," and I don't even think, and I'm just throwing it up when it's half court for a three pointer. Yeah, That's just throwing alley oops up no matter what, you know. Yeah. It's like you could just stand still and just like be normal, Patrick. But everything he did was like really like flamboyant in this game. And it kind of made the pass rush look better than it was at times. Like these are condensed pockets, but it wasn't like as murderous as it kind of looked watching the game live. But exactly, he was moving, and it seemed like he was getting himself in a danger more than anything. 
where if he were to be able to step up in the pocket once or even twice and just do the little simple throw that Tom Brady does to Fournette where you're just throwing it to the running back and you're just letting them have some space. But it just it never seemed right from the start. It just seemed like, I don't know if it was panic mode or they were just going for big play thinking something was going to happen. It just seemed weird. Yeah, and I mean, I think an example of that is there was a throw he made where like he has to, there's edge, there's edge pressure, the front of the pocket's clean, and rather than just like step up and deliver the ball downfield uh, to his target, he like runs, he like has to like skip upwards and kind of like sprint upwards and like throw it off one foot, you know, like in a weird arm angle. It's like you yeah. could just step up and throw the football. You don't have to make it the way it looks. And like, again, like Tampa Bay had a great pass rush. They you know, beat Kansas City's front five. Uh, but like the extent of how good their pass rush was, I, I think has been you know overstated throughout this week from the analysis that came out. And like you know they have problems pass protecting, of course, but you know there's other problems that Kansas City had. Like they didn't lose this game just entirely because of the pass rush. And like you alluded to earlier, you know, they had a lot of offensive mistakes. And just in that first quarter, Travis Kelsey dropped that first down. Uh, you know Mahomes was able to scramble going to his left. He hit Tyreek Hill. The ball hit him right in the face. You know it goes right through his hands, plunks him in the face. Um, Man, they had each other like, was that a bad pass? And then we saw it in the face. It was perfect. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and like I said, Kelsey had that drop, and they did a good job. Uh, He had, you know, he also that corner missed a Hardman in that on their first drive too, where they faced that third down. Yeah, and Hardman ran that corner route, and he just overthrew him on that one. And he kind of said in the post game press conference that his receivers were in the spot that he was expecting them to be. So maybe he thought Hardman was going to be deeper on that throw, but he missed him. He overthrew it. And like those three plays right there took away points off the board for him and you know, led to led to punts in those situations and field goals. And then, of course, too, like any re-kicking a field goal in the first half was you know, really inexcusable. Kansas City, man, kicking field goals nonstop. It was the weirdest thing where you and I both kept looking at each other saying, oh, every team that kicked field goals lose. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I really couldn't believe that he kicked that one there at that point. The Chiefs scored three points the rest of the game after that moment, and they immediately fell down 21-6 to after kicking that field goal, too. But, I mean, I also think Kansas City had a really bad game plan in this game, too. They each kept trying to throw the screen, ga- screen plays against the Blitz. The Bucs, I think, blitzed five times this entire game, and they blitzed it was only five-man five fronts. Um, they threw a lot of flat throws versus quarters. Like Usually in quarters, like, that's the hole in the zone. It's the flat. But in order to throw that, you have to like really hold on to the ball, use your eyes to get you know linebackers deeper to open up that throw in the flat. They just didn't have enough time to pass protect, you know, for the three and a half seconds it takes to open up those throws. And the other thing about that too is Tampa Bay has so much speed at the cornerback position and linebacker position, they're able to chase down, and make those throws and the tackles in the flat too. And it was just weird because they did a lot of stuff where they were looking the flat to open up, you know, step downfield with those like swing passes and the motions around out there. Like, Tampa doesn't care. They have the speed to be able to defend that pass. They kind of, like, they're open. They want you to make those throws, and that didn't make very much sense at all either for Kansas City. No, no, not at all. And it just seemed like kind of where you and I were talking about, I don't know if I alluded to it, but I, I, I think I was thinking it, or maybe I said it, that it was all about being able to take care of either Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. And obviously, when it came to Kelsey, oh, you're not going to be able to. But when it came to Tyreek Hill, all right, well, we'll just take care of him. And how many catches did he have for the game here? I think he had five catches like a, on seven targets for 71 yards. I was going to say 63 yards, something like that. 
it, it was just the weirdest thing where he didn't make a big play. And all it was was Tampa being able to take away that big play, saying we're not going to give you anything that deep. It's all about being able to play smart. And it just seemed like that Kansas City was thrown off by that aspect, and they didn't know really what to do. And just like how you and I talked about, in the first half, it just seemed like they were throwing the ball way too much. And then in the second half, oh, we're going to start running the ball now. Well, you're already down by three scores. And they're really slow, too. Yeah, you being able to now turn to that type of method is not going to be able to work. It just seemed like that whatever Kansas City was trying, it just wasn't there. And Tampa was just ahead of the game. Or Kansas City just couldn't figure them out. Tom Brady just knew what to do the entire time. Well, I, want to, I want to talk about Tom just yet. Uh, oh, you're yeah, going Tom back. Well, going, going back to Hill, uh, I think one of the things that didn't make very much sense about him was that they mainly just had him run deep post routes. And you know, Tampa Bay pretty much played two coverages. They played quarters, and they played cover too high, man. And so they just kept running him into safeties over and over again. He's just running into safeties. There's no way he can get open on these routes. They didn't do a very good job um, utilizing him kind of like in the quicker passing game on slants and drags like that, trying to get him out in space either. And again, like they just ran him into either man match coverage schemes in cover seven and cover four, and they kind of spot dropped. And then in cover two, I man. And they're using him as a decoy to try to open up other stuff. But they're using him as a decoy to open up Hardman and like I guess Watkins, even though Watkins didn't play very much, like Robinson, like guys play the entire game. Yeah, like guys that you don't want you you don't want to open up the offense for. Then they had four four catches combined between Robinson, Watkins, and Hardman this game. And then one of the things they kind of did in the second half was that they put Hill in the slot and they had Hardman run deep pose and then create like underneath throws for Hill. And that worked pretty well. But again, it's too late. You're down by you know three scores at that point. And that was one of the things they did against Buffalo that worked really well too, was they used Hardman as a decoy for Hill. We have three safeties running with Hardman and now you have Hill on deep digs and routes like that. And he picks up, you know, 45 yards on those throws. And so that was the one thing that, another thing didn't make very much sense to me. The other thing too, going back to Kelsey, like Kelsey had 10 catches, you know, he was good, but he wasn't Travis Kelsey this game. What I didn't understand at all was it took them like 23 minutes to finally have Kelsey run like a quick curl in between the linebackers in that quarter's defense. It took them so long for that play to work, and like that was their only way to generate easy offense in their passing game, was Kelsey coming out of the tight end position, find the hole of defense and sitting. There's 7 yards, there's 11 yards, there's 15 yards if he breaks the tackle. And I just didn't understand why it took them so long to do that, because I don't know if they were expecting Tampa to use the same game plan they used five, you know, in week 12 when they played, but it really looks like they just used the same game plan that they expected from then, and it didn't occur in this game at all, and they were kind of like stuck behind uh, from the very beginning of the entire first half. So do you think that that week 12 matchup, since you brought it up, has any effect on this game where kind of like Kansas City took advantage so much during that first game between them, and they were able to establish the lead where then Tampa decided, oh, let's put the pedal on the metal here and let's be able to catch up. And it was kind of after that point where do you think that Tampa was able to figure out what Kansas City was doing while then Kansas City, on the other hand, was just, we're going to keep playing our same method and they didn't pay attention that to maybe Tampa actually figured them out? Or do you think that it was more the injuries? Because that's what I keep going back to here. Is it more of what Tampa Bay's defense was able to do against this? Or was it just truly 
Patrick Mahomes was running for his life the entire time, and there's no way to really tell because if Kansas City was truly healthy, then would it have made a bigger difference? Yeah, I think it's a very great question, Taylor. I had two answers for it. I think it did have an impact just because it gave Tampa Bay kind of like, uh, like a walkthrough game against Kansas City where they're like, look, we can't play single high. We can't yeah. play man coverage on the outside. We can't play cover three. These This doesn't work. And so they just sat too high and they were able to take away the deep passing game. And Kansas City didn't really like, they weren't prepared for it. You know, it, it was really just kind of bizarre too because it kind of reminded me of, uh, you know, Buffalo and that Kansas City game too where it took them like, you know, 30 minutes to be like, oh, they're not playing man coverage. And now we're, now we're, now it's finally, you know, thir- the third quarter and there's 10 minutes left in it. And we're finally, and we're finally running mesh to overflow like the short middle of the field. Kansas City didn't do that at all in this game um, until he had finally started using Kelsey in that way. And then the second thing about that is the problem about Tampa for Kansas City is that they can play six guys in the box and they can take away their horizontal their horizontal stretch plays, you know, all the jet sweeps, all their screen passes because of the speed they have the linebacker position, and they can defend the run with only six, de- six defenders in the box. So they're able to play too high, not worry at all about all the other stuff Kansas City does to generate easy offense, and they suffocated that for the majority of this game too. And then whenever you get a lead, it kind of you know forces things on from there. But I think it's a combination of those two things. That's fair. I just... It, it was weird watching this game the entire time because, again, I want to be able to give Tampa Bay's defense all the credit in the world when it comes to this game. More specifically, I want to be able to give Tom all the credit in the world. It just seemed like that Kansas City was off from the start, and they just never were able to turn on that switch that you and I kept referring to throughout the season where it, something had to be flipped. Nobody was able to make that big play that everyone was expecting Kansas City to be able to make. Mm-hmm. Just nothing was able to be turned on in this scenario. And the fact is, it, it, you know what? The lights were turned out the entire time. Yeah, the, they never uh, switched the flip at all. You know, it also is kind of like if you ever boil like water on the stovetop and you're like, why is this water boiling? But you turn exactly. on the, but you turn, no, you turn on the wrong burner though. You're like, oh, I'm an idiot. I turn on the front one. It's on the back one. The okay. Chiefs just turned on the wrong boiler this game. Uh, but I do think like based off their game plan though, I don't think Kansas City would have won this game, even if their offensive tackles were healthy. If they had Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz there, I don't think it would have made a difference with how their offensive game plan was this game. It was atrocious. It was the worst game plan I've seen from Kansas City during the Andy Reid era. Well, no, and you and I both kept talking about it whenever they kept showing the coaches on the sideline. We're like, what are y'all doing? Are y'all going to try something else? Y'all In the second half, Matt, they're down by like 17 points. And Kicked another field goal. And they're just, oh, it was so frustrating to watch because you didn't know what Kansas City team this was. This was this was weird. Yeah. Well, I will say their run game was actually pretty good because they ran like a lot of counter plays and power plays and Tampa really wasn't prepared for it. Like, it. It doesn't matter. Well, in the first half, they ran the ball pretty well. Like they had, I think Patrick Mahomes ran the ball pretty well. Well, no, I think Hilaire had like nine carries for like 53 yards or so. And Mahomes had like Mahomes entire first half numbers, like all their, all their easy offenses, kind of him scrambling. Hilaire had nine carries for 64 yards and and Mahomes had five for 33. And like Hilaire ran the ball well and they ran their counter and power run plays and took advantage of the light boxes. But when you're down by, you know, 17, 24 points, it doesn't matter at all. But they did run the ball better than I thought they were going to. You know what? They should just put in Le'Veon Bell. It would have just solved all the issues that they would have ever had. Do you think he signs somewhere next year? 
Where is he going to be able to sign? Who wants that? I mean, I could see him getting a million dollars to play in Tampa. Just he can be LaShawn McCoy. Nobody wants that at all. In fact, I just think it's amazing that Fournette is now going to be able to stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's going to get probably $5 million to be the best back ever in the playoffs next year again. You think he's going to stay? Of course he's going to stay. It's this easy, Matt. It's like they brought it up beforehand on other talk shows. But you know what? Everyone listens to us because we have 4 million listeners. But Six. Don't sell a short. Six. Right, fine. It got bigger in the playoffs. I didn't know that we grew our audience, Mike. I'm sorry. We're always at six. All right, whatever. Fine. I want to be at seven. But my point is, when it comes down to it, if Fournette, what is he going to get? Six million dollars from another team and not be able to have a chance at winning or pick the four million dollars and stay with Tampa? Pick the four million. We're good. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked into enough, but I would guess he goes someplace else. No, he's not going to go anyplace else. We're going to make a bet on that. I mean, I'm sure the Houston Texans may give him. They may trade uh, Will Fuller for him next oh, this offseason, you know? Well, that's a little bit different. If the Houston Texans are going to get him, then they're probably going to offer big money here. Deshaun Watson for Leonard Fournette. Who says no? Straight up. That's what it is. A fifth-round pick for uh, – well, I'm sorry. The fourth overall? What was Fournette again? Third. Third overall for what was Deshaun? 11th? 11th, I think. Mahomes yep. is ninth. You know what? Fair trade. I think so. And then Houston has to actually send a draft pick back too to take on that contract that Watson has. Yeah, they've had the same type of career, so it's easy. Yeah, very easy. Um, Kansas City on defense, they were like Kansas City's always kind of like a sloppy defensive team. They kind of play and you know they they kind of play on like their own individual ways. They're really like kind of freelance defense. But I mean, just all the penalties they had, the pass interference penalty, like he tripped Mike Evans, he dove yeah. out his foot. Man, I'm not, I'm not trying to interrupt you right now, but it's the fact where people bring up, oh, look, it's the penalties. Look at Tom Brady getting They were all penalties. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of them. Yeah, all the holding calls. Um, yeah. You know, Matthew had his in the end zone. You had the one on Breland that gave him a first down. You had the one on Ward that gave him a first down. I think the big play against Evans on the end of the half, I think that was on Breland. I think it was on Ward. I can't remember. That was Breland. Probably that Breland. Trip. He had a bad game. He got stiff arm twice bad, too. Antonio Ooh, Brown got him, and Fournette both got him. They really stiff armed him good. Really? Um, have a good game. No, and then Chris Jones had that 15-yard penalty the game of first down. They were offsides on a field goal attempt. I mean, they were just sloppy the entire first half of this game. Well, and I think it's just that easy whenever people bring up the refs. It's those two calls. So no matter what anybody can tell me about, oh, the refs favor Tom Brady and the Bucks, the offsides when it came to that field goal where then they scored a touchdown, Matt, the guy's offside. Yeah. Even like whenever they called it on the other guy, I think on the opposite end, you and I were watching together and we go, well, wait, isn't the bottom guy also offsides even more? They, I don't even know who the hell thought of being able to line up that way was smart. And then the other one was at the end of the half. With Tom Brady throwing to Mike Evans, you know what they're going to do. All you have to do is not make a penalty or just defend the pass. That's all you have to be able to do because Tom's just going to take a shot. But you tripped him. He he hit X. He was playing mad hit X. Exactly. It's not your legs got caught up. Your hand hit the back of his leg. Regardless of anything else, if your hand does that, nobody can stick up for you. You're done. My favorite thing about that play, too, is that like, the Bucks ran like that screen pass to Antonio Brown. 
they had that like first down uh, dump off pass from a Kansas City play covered two, and then they get to the forty yard line, and whenever the Bucks get to the forty yard line, it's like we're going deep. It's time to take a shot. Every time they hit the forty, it's like first and ten play action. We're going deep, and they've done that all year long, and they were able to get the Evans. Uh, penalty on that play right there too and like I think one of the things I really liked about Tampa's offensive game plan was their kind of like tendency breaker so they ran duo throughout that game and the Fournette touchdown run they ran like a, a power sweep play to get them outside the alley nobody's there you have Allie Marpin a cornerback it's easy touchdown um, they're able to kind of turn their their screen pass game into some vertical passes too and then uh, they just kind of like had perfect you know plays for Kansas City's coverages that they were in which is hard to do against Kansas City because they roll and change so much after the snap and like Brady just like knew what they were up to they come to the snap and you would see like where their safeties are like like oh this is inverted Tampa 2 oh this is cover 3 and uh, oh this is man here and the other thing they did really well was be able to get their man coverage matchups that they wanted with Evans against Breland with uh with Gronk against Sorensen with Antonio Brown against Matthew they're able to create stuff as they want to also to give you know Brady easier throws as well but I think it's as simple as that. It's Nobody wants to ever admit that. But it's just the greatest being great. He just knows what's going to be out there. So, and he doesn't panic on what he's able to see. He's just going to be able to take advantage of what the defense is going to be able to give him. And that's just why he is just so far apart than everybody else. Because he's not forcing anything. Where quarterbacks in certain situations truly believe they are going to have to do this or that in order to make a certain play, in order to get them to the next game, when in fact, the simplest and dumbest method is somehow going to be able to work. Because Tom even being able to just dump it off to Fournette. Dude, Matt, could Fournette be the MVP of this game? Well, and and all those throws you're mentioning, those are just, they played Tampa 2 or cover 2. And he was like, cover 2, I'm going to look downfield, get the safeties backwards, and then I'm going to dump it off, and he's there for 7 yards, and he breaks the tackle, now it's 11. And now every time they ran cover 2, Brady hit that cr- quick curl route to the running back out of the backfield every time. No question. He just hit it automatically every time. And I will say this, though. In all fairness, if you want me to criticize what Tampa Bay was doing and what Tom Brady was doing, fine. I'll be critical. If I'm Mike Evans, I'm a little bit butthurt. Because why does Gronk get all the credit? Why does Gronk get all the attention in the Super Bowl? Why is Brady and Gronk always holding hands and high-fiving each other harder than any of us? Because that's all I saw in the game was them two playing favorites. But once again, it just goes back to the greatness of him being able to choose those spots where the defense is going to be able to give him the— You just don't expect it. Matt, why is it that Tom Brady recruits everybody that should be on this team, and yet those guys are the biggest factors in the game? Yeah, and then then also, like, they've had problems with those guys at other spots. Like, oh, we're in Tampa. Tom's here. I know what I'm doing. Well, at that first touchdown you mentioned in Gronk, it was Sorensen against Gronk in man coverage. They ran a slant. You have Mike Evans sit in the way of Sorensen. Sorensen's here. You know, Gronk is in a, in a wider left alignment. There's no way he can catch him. It's a swing pass. Great design call, touchdown. On the other one, it was just man coverage. You get stuck in the corner. Then he's able to, you know, get around, like able to kind of sling the cornerback, kind of peel back off in the back of the end zone. And Brady knew he was going to do that. And that was just them like playing with each other for forever. Like the route's over. He's covered. And he just kind of peels back. And, you know, the ball's there right when he turns around. And it was just really beautiful. You know, it's just two guys who spent like thousands of hundreds of hours playing football with each other. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's more like that Brady's recruiting these guys because there's some type of, uh, what is it, 
familiarity was was the word I'm looking Jesus. for. I've been drinking so much today. Too I think much. I know like, you're sitting inside your house, but you should get DWI for how you just said that word. It doesn't even matter, man. I'm not driving. I don't have the keys. I know. I'm just saying, like, how badly you butchered the word familiar, familiarity. <laughs> I can't even say it now. I'm getting a contact eye <laughs> from you right now. Familiarity. God, I can't even say it either now. That it's getting weird. <laughs> I'm you're you're drunker than Tom Brady right now. You know what? Nobody can be as drunk as that man because he just deserves. It's just it's very bizarre the fact where with Antonio Fournette and Gronk, these are the guys that he was able to use to be able to bind to the system. And Mike Evans, by the way, is already talking about. Oh, I want to be able to restructure my contract in order to be able to keep this team that we have. So you're already having guys saying that where. Matt, you and I talked about, I believe it was last episode, what is this, the Tom Brady way or is this the Patriot way? When in fact, if Mike Evans is already saying that after winning the Super Bowl, it's Tom Brady way, (laughs) not the Patriot. Yeah, Uh, I'll buy that now. All right, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Familiarity. There we go. We got it. I think that's said right. Familiarity. We got it. Familiarity. We got it. Unbelievable. Um, the one thing that about Kansas City's defense that really surprised me, they didn't blitz. They never blitzed this game. The one time that they're able to get um, Tom on a blitz, you know, he threw that touchdown pass to Gronk on that blitz. But then the other time they got some pressure is like Warden was able to beat Marpet, and then he threw Chris Godwin out of bounds on, a, on kind of like a vertical pass play. But they only rushed four the entire game, had zero pass rush at all, zero pressure, aside from Chris Jones here and there. And I, I was just gonna, I couldn't believe that they never blitz Brady at all this game because like that was the best path for their defense to pl- have a good game in this one. Hey Matt, let's give the greatest quarterback time in the pocket. I swear to God, it's not gonna work. I promise you, we're gonna give him all the time in the world, and he's not gonna be able to do anything because he's never done anything in the past. So who the hell cares if we give him time? That was the stupidest strategy I've ever seen in my life. That's worse than me trying to save familiarity. <laughs> and really their, their strategy was just like all right we'll put chris jones and aaron stimmy and he had like a really great first half or first quarter and they're like oh we'll just slide our coverage to that now you have jensen now you have stimmy now chris jones is blocked and frank clark i mean he, he was completely obliterated by uh Dom and smith the entire game smith was awesome orfs is awesome um they had zero edge pressure like clark had a really bad game this week which is kind of funny to see because clark talks you know a ton of uh a ton of crap so, to people all the time yeah, so that was kind of fun to see too. But yeah, I didn't understand that at all. So do you remember Coney Ely in the 2015 Super Bowl when the Panthers played the Bucks? What? Do you remember Coney Ely? Coney Ely. So, do you remember him? Really familiar, but no, I don't think I got any type of recollection right now. So in that Super Bowl, he had like three and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, was absolutely unblockable. And nobody remembers him at all because the Panthers lost that Super Bowl. All everybody remembers is... Cam Newton failing to jump on the football after he got strip sack. That's all anybody remembers from that game. But I think Chris Jones gets the Coney Ely Award for this game because Chris Jones was really incredible, but he was the only player in their entire front seven who was, and he wasn't able to create very many plays at all because they were able to cut back away from him, be able to scheme around him. And uh, he has like a, he'll have a game that like nobody knows about was great, but it was great the entire time. So you just wanted to come up with an award for a no-name person? You might as well. Chris call Jones is a no-name person. He's like an all-pro player. I'm talking about your award. Your award is a no-name person award. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the best. It's the be- 
that, what you might as well get a participation trophy. That's what you're trying to give credit for right now. No, it's it's the best Super Bowl performance that'll be See, lost the same times. Women, here you go. Congrats. It's not the That's same thing. No, I'm just trying to give some credit to people who've had good games that oh, will get lost forever. Skin. It's gonna be lost forever. You, you forgot about Coney Ely too. That wants a participation award for their child. All right, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to go back, pull up the video, pull up every great Coney Ely play from that Super Bowl, and, be like, and then I'll add some, like, M- I'll add Eminem to the background and be like, check what this out. What is that going to do to me? All you're saying right now is that this person that doesn't get the credit that he deserves, you might as well take a video of your own child and say, look, they were the best on this team, better than your child. You don't even know. Not they the same thing. That is the same Not thing. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But you're gonna be very impressed, like, wow, Coney Ely was great. And then he completely disappeared after that game. I wanna be impressed at this point. You better rock my socks because I don't think you can. I think you're wrong in this one. Oh, I'll do more than rock your socks. I don't know what that means, but I'm disgusted. If you can see my face, I'm uh, raising my eyebrows up and down, up and down. I can't see your face right now because once again, you look like you're part of one of the uh, MSN uh, crime solving shows. That's me. But. I'll I'll do that for sure for you. I'll get I don't like that. I'll get the video of that and I'll show you. But no, Ely actually signed with the Jets, signed with the Cowboys, was never good again after that Super Bowl. He sold his soul for it. Um and of course, the two most important things about this game, Travis Kelsey having ten catches. I'm able to continue to feed my family because Kelsey had ten. I was so scared after he dropped that one in the first quarter. Come on, you got you got to keep telling everybody why you're bragging about this. I'm not bragging. I'm just I'm happy that I'm able to continue to feed my family. You were crying the entire game, being worse than ninth catch. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't told you. I haven't told you, and I'm sitting here saying, Matt, this is too easy of a bet. You won. No, no, no. It's the fourth quarter. This is not going to happen. You were freaking out. No, I was like, you can't count your chickens until they hatch, and it was close. What? Ten's close. The I had, he had to get nine. He had ten. It was close. He threw it to him like 13 times. What do you mean 10 was close? Yeah, he threw it to him 13 times, but still, he had a drop. He had two passes bad away by Levante David. It was hard. It was, a, it was a hard, it was a war of attrition. You're the biggest baby I've ever heard of. You have to understand, I'm trying to feed my family, Taylor. That was very important. I'm trying to feed anybody. Where's my food? You're not my family. You don't get fed. What did you just say? Did you just say I'm not a part of your family? You make me sick. I thought we were closer than what you're trying to insinuate right now. <laughs> it's bothering me. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> uh, and so uh, the other most important, this is the actual most important thing from this game. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl championships. Everybody was already trying to talk Patrick Mahomes. Is he going to be the greatest quarterback of all time? Is he already the greatest quarterback of all time? There's no, there's no argument now. Even if Mahomes wins eight Super Bowls, it doesn't matter. Because he lost to Tom Brady in this one. Brady won the head-to-head matchup. Brady's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time for at least like the next 30 years, you know? Man, I don't want to hear anything. I was the one. I was the one. What did I say from the start, Matt? Give me my hat trick. I said that. I said, give me my hat trick. And what did this man do? What did he do, Matt? He gave me the Taylor, hat- Taylor Heineke. No, no, no. Don't, that's not the hat trick. <laughs> The hat trick is three. Don't try to give me the Heineke. Taylor Haneke. Drew Brees. No, it starts with Taylor. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. That is the three. That is the hat trick. That is what I'm referring to. Don't you dare put Heineke in my mouth, which, by the way, who just signed a contract for $8 million. Two years, $8 million. Washington team. 
And you know what you're going to do? You're going to watch every single play next year because you're going to say this is your favorite team. I love them. I love my football team. That's who you are. Uh, Well, I will say this. Heineke's better than Drew Brees's. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm just saying that if you're wanting me to go on the type of streak and what's more impressive by name, it's going to be the hat trick of Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. That's the hat trick, baby. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, well, I'm I'm excited to finally have a drink. After, watch, after seeing how happy Don Brady looked when he was drunk today, I can't wait to have a drink in May whenever I finally uh, burst my bubble again. He yeah, looks so happy today. How about that, you freaking weirdo? I also, I kind of want to try the TB12 method. There has to be something to it. What's the TB12 method? So Tom Brady has his own like diet and exercise book you can buy and work out like Tom Brady and eat like how he does. Doesn't he eat like a big freaking weirdo where it's yeah, not Yeah, no even... strawberries, no tomatoes, things like that. Yeah. What do you mean, no strawberries? What are strawberries going to do to you? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but... What do you mean? What do you mean? You're not gonna say what is it? Strawberries are gonna give you something that's inappropriate to say on this podcast? Yeah, I can't say it. Oh my lord! What are we even doing nowadays? We're having a good time. I'm sorry. God. You know, but uh, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna give it a shot though. It's like drink two gallons of water, never wear sunscreen, don't eat tomatoes, win seven wear- Super Bowl championships. Yeah. What do you mean wear sunscreen? How's you, that? A- you only get sunburn if you're dehydrated. How is that a diet if you're saying you're never going to wear sunscreen? That's not a diet. That's a bit. What? Well, you understand your skin's a sponge. So you get all those chemicals in your skin. Makes you sick. Makes you weak. Makes you get old, you know? What? I'm just telling you what Tom says. That's all what Tom says. He's only gotten hotter. He gets hotter every year. What do you mean he gets hotter every year? No, he doesn't. It's just stop. This is ridiculous. I think getting sunburn's a myth now. Let's make on a diet. After watching Bray this year, I think sunburn's going to, I think it's a myth. What do you mean? Sunburns are a myth? Yes. It just means you're dehydrated. So if you drink two gallons of water, you can't get sunburned. The sun is real, Matt. The sun is real. Yeah, the sun is real, but uh, the moon's fake, but the sun's real. But that being said, you only get sunburned if you're dehydrated. If you drink three gallons of water, you you can't get sunburned. I don't know what this is. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to tell me that right now, that if you don't take any, you don't put any sunscreen on, and you just drink and chug water all day long. You can't get sunburned. I swear to God. This is what Tom Brady says, not me. I swear to God. This you, is not. You saw that man today. You saw him on Sunday night. I saw this man at eight. No, no, no. I saw him on the field at night, not in the sun when you're just saying, I'm just drinking water all day and I'm putting on sunscreen. That doesn't make any sense. I'm just telling you what he says. He looks good. You know what? I think you're a liar. I hate you. I'm not lying to you. I'll buy, I'll buy the book I and mean, I'll show it to you. No. With my Travis Kelsey money. I'm not going to feed my family and send them to do that. So to finish out our picks for the year, including your prop bets last week, uh, minus World 2, I went 2-4. and four, You went 3-3 three and three with our Super Bowl picks. I finished 47-43-4. and four. You finished 42-44-3. and three. So are you excited to go, go out to dinner in May or so? You know what? I really do wish that I could criticize everything for the year. And sure, I think that you're a big freaking cheater in the end. Because if I were to go back to all the podcasts and if I were to listen to everything, then sure, I would believe that I'd probably won. Mm-hmm. I know that our six million Stop the listeners- count. What? I said stop the count. Okay. All I know is you're wrong. And our six million listeners would tell me don't stop the count because I would have won. That's all it comes down to. 
our listeners, 6 million. No, Taylor won. But in the end, Matt, I think we had a good season, man. Yeah, we did well. I think, like, this was a really kind of solid prediction season from you and I. Usually, it's been ugly where we have no idea what the hell we're talking about and we lose every type of prediction. This year was different. I feel like that you and I were spot on on everything that was going to occur. I don't want to give myself too much credit, but I feel like I deserve two pets on the back, not just one. I'll give you a, a pet on the on, on the back. But uh, a pet on the back? Yeah. What is, I don't I don't want to know what that is. Either way, I want you, you lay it. across my lap and I just pet you like a little cat. Are you trying to tell me you're Santa Claus and I'm an elf? No, you just lay across my lap and I just pet you like a little cat, you know. Why do you want me to lay across your lap? What are you talking about? I'm saying right I'll now? give you a pet on the back instead of pat on the back. You want me to lay across your lap is what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, you right? did so good. You're such a good boy this year. Going with this, and now I'm going to be telling your child how you act. This you're is so, you're so smart this season. I'm going to say this is what your father said to me. Yeah. All right. Um. So I. I well, that's also including the O and four that we gave each other for not being able to podcast that one week too. That's so like, we, we definitely did better this year than last year. We're like Tom Brady. We keep getting better. We keep getting hotter. Get a lot better. Yeah. It keeps getting better. Uh, and this is also including a year where we didn't do our big season preview because we thought there may not be a season because of COVID. And I was walking around mountain too. Great season overall. I can't believe it worked out the way it did. Sure, if you're a Houston, Texas fan, you hate all the world, but everything else has been great and fun, even as a Cowboys fan. I, I hate my team, but it was a fun season. For sure. And what's also kind of funny about from a Texans fan perspective, they fire Bill O'Brien. You're like, this is awesome. This is a great season no matter what happens. Like, we'll get head coach next year. We'll be better in 2021. Everything's going to change. And it's like, no. It's just only gotten dumber and 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 dumber since then. Shouldn't be. Yeah, it's just going to keep getting dumber. So I don't have your predictions, but I'm going to read you my predictions I got right because that's the only thing that matters. So you ready? Yeah, whatever. You won this year, so we're going to get your predictions, whatever. So Allen improves to at least average as a deep passer. Became one of the five best deep passers in the league instead. Um, the Chargers are cursed, not Phillip Rivers. The Chargers, I think, went like 3-9 and nine in one-score games. They almost murdered Tyrod Taylor, which actually kind of helped him out this year for Justin Herbert. But we'll oh, still, my God. We'll still... Stop on that. You can't get away with that. You cannot say that it's okay to be able to try and get away with murder on Tyrod Taylor. I cannot allow you to say that. There's... That is awful. My favorite joke this year by far was, the team MVP for the Chargers is the team doctor. Oh my god. That's my I'm favorite the, joke this year. The podcast. We're not gonna be able to do another show. Yeah, it's my favorite joke this year. Um the war the Washington have a top ten pass rush. Calvin Ridley breaks out. Tom Brady improves this year. San Francisco be hungover. Seattle would not uh have to, would not fall back for regression, make the playoffs. Leonard Floyd have ten plus sacks, he had ten point five. And then I kind of, I nailed the AFC South standings this year. I think that I pretty much nailed everything this year. Yeah, you can I, say that. I guessed on Cleveland. I was right on Seattle. I was right on everything. The only thing that I was wrong about in the end was Green Bay, I believe. Yeah, we're both wrong on Green Bay. Yeah, I think you and I both said that Green Bay was going to be able to regress this year. I said they're going to miss the playoffs. Well, I thought that they weren't going to be able to do anything. 
which I was just extremely surprised by in the end because it just seemed like that when it came down to it, even in the playoffs against the Bucks, they just turned back to that team that you knew they were going to be. Yeah, I mean, there's some. I mean, the biggest thing was them kicking a field goal, you know, in that situation they had. Um, I think the big, the best pick that we had was going into the postseason, and we both liked the Bucks in the Super Bowl. They're the only team that can beat Green Bay. They're going to be you know, the NFC champion. I think that was our best prediction this year. I think we predicted the Super Bowl, though. Did we not? Yeah, we predicted Tampa, Kansas City going into it. Because I thought that I predicted Dallas versus Tampa in the NFC Championship, but obviously I was just my head up my ass. But when it came down to them winning, I think I said that Tampa would be able to pull it out, and then I thought Tampa would be able to win the championship, which in the end I feel like that Taylor was the grand champion of everything this season, which means I'm the best, I'm the fan favorite, you can call me Lord. There, all right, Lord <laughs> Taylor, we got it. Uh, I'll, I'll go back if I have a, if I have some time. Maybe I'll do it work. Maybe when I'm working tomorrow. Hey, you have some time. What are you doing? You know you're not busy these days. Okay, I know how often you work. Not- I work a lot. I'm hardworking, but okay. I have to. I'm gonna. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I'll go back and listen to the prediction pod and see exactly what you had to say for it. I think I picked New Orleans, Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and pick Kansas City to win it all. And then going into the postseason, like the Bucks are going to win uh, the NFC, and we both agreed to that. And I think that was our best pick this year. So I have some awards for this season uh, to kind of wrap it up, you know, before we go into you know, the off season, kind of already as early as next week potentially. So rank the following NFC East quarterbacks. All right, this is every quarterback who threw a pass in the NFC East this year: Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy, Garrett Gilbert, Ben DiNucci, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, Nate Sudfield, Jalen Hurts, and Carson Wentz. Do you want to hear what I got first? Then you can kind of piggyback off that. Yeah, sure. What do you got out of that? So I have I have Dak number one. I then have who do I? I have Jalen Hurts two. I have Tyler Heineke three. Daniel Jones four. Um, Kyle Allen, five, Alex Smith, six, Annie Dalton, seven. No, I call Allen eighth, I Alex Smith, six, Annie Dalton, seven, Garrett Gilbert, fifth, ninth, I have Colt McCoy, 10th, Nate Sudfield, um, 11th, Ben DiNucci, 12th, Dwayne Haskins, and 13th, Carson Wentz. You know what? It's this easy. I'm not going to go down that list because I'm not as thorough as you. But I'm going to show you this. Heineke was one. Number two, I would probably give... Ben DiNucci? Nope. <laughs> probably give to Jalen. Number three, I would give to Dak. Number four, I would give to Daniel. Number five, I would probably give... I don't, Alex, and then after that, I don't care. Uh, who's last? Last, I don't want to say it's Carson, but it's Carson. <laughs> like, I, I was like trying to like be able to have an argument to put him up above last, but there's no argument when it comes down to it. If he was going to start for the rest of the season, he would have been labeled as the worst quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of I completely agree. 
it's not even a thing. Oh, well, that's just being harsh. No, no, no. That would have really happened. If he stayed for every single game, he would have been on the record book as the worst quarterback of all time. <laughs> that's crazy. You want to hear my Carson Wentz joke? What was that? You want to hear my Carson Wentz joke? Oh, yeah, yeah, you got a joke? Come on, lay it on yeah, me. I wouldn't trade two turds for Carson Wentz. That's not a two first. What is that? That's not a joke. God damn it. Yeah, it's a joke. Because the Eagles went two first round picks for Wentz is absolutely brain dead. That's a joke. Okay, we're, we're going to get on that page. Okay, yes, that's a joke. Would you trade a turd for Carson not Wentz? Two turds. Two turds is not a joke. The trade is a joke. Two turds is not. Would you trade a turd for Carson Wentz? Two turd jokes. That's what you sound like. No. no I'm, not. I'm asking a very important question. Would you trade no. a turd for Carson Wentz? No, I would be bat, Brad Pitt and Moneyball and say that I'm going to fill up your soda machine and that's what you get because that's all Carson Wentz deserves. If I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I get that you're firing Doug Peterson. I'm all aboard, which by the way just means him throwing that last game of the season was his choice, not anybody else's. But when it comes down to it, I would choose Jalen over Carson. Yeah, for sure. I, would, I mean, I would too. Uh, especially if you get first round pick for him. Yeah, I, I agree. If anybody wants to give me one first-round pick for Carson, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, got him as bad this year. Uh, so, heart, heart stealer. Jameis is awful, and yeah, Carson would be labeled even more terrible. No, Jameis is beautiful. Carson's, Carson was Jameis Winston without the touchdown passes this year. I can't wait for you to write a book. In your entire career as a writer and as his podcast host, you are going to write a book in your life that's going to be famous, and it's going to be the story of Jameis Winston, and it's going to make me sick. You're going to become famous because of this book. I hate you so much. I couldn't do that. I could write Josh Allen's book. Oh, no, you wouldn't be able to because Josh Allen is going to be too famous for your ass. That's true, probably. Yeah, that is true. Damn it. Yep, you know me. Yeah, that is true. I could. I don't know. I could probably write the Jameis story. You could write the Jameis story. I still think about that hard knocks of Jameis where he was like, thinking about if crickets have sex or not. Remember that? Oh, my. God. I was like, man, I love Jameis. Yeah, I'm sure. I just, I want to know what the title of your book is going to be. Do I have crabs? Question mark. Is that going to be the, like, I just want to know what the title. I think it would be amazing if we did this. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to be able to. I just want to be able to be in the background. Can I just be like that token guy? I know I'm not going to be like that really stereotype token type of guy. I just want to be there when it all just comes together. Because I think this is going to be a great idea when you become famous for Jameis. Well, I want Jameis to be the be the quarterback of the Houston Texans next year. Because they're going to oh. trade Deshaun Watson. And so Jameis is a free agent. I think he's the guy that you want to have. We were having fun. I thought we were having a good time. And then you have to ruin everything as usual. They're going to trade Deshaun Watson. No, they're not. Yeah, no, they they're, are. They're going after, to. No, they're not. After you received what Stafford received, you would have to be able to ask for four first-round draft picks. Yeah, now, the Jets can give him that. I would hope that he goes to Miami. If he doesn't go to Miami, I'd be sickened because that's the team. That no, I, I want him to go to the Jets. Why? Why? You're going to train him, train him the Jets. Why? He's going to rot. Yeah, 
Exactly. There's just no point. I would rather him rot with the Texans than I would with the New York Jets. That just doesn't seem right for anybody. And I just feel I like this is this podcast taking very dark turns. I feel kind of turned off now. Yeah. Well, no, you're not supposed to be turned on during this podcast. Isn't that what you're? Well, you know what? Are you turned on during all the podcasts? Yeah, I'm always on when we do the podcast. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I mean, this is like a 1960s way, you know. No, that's not what I. No, that's not what this is about. We're not in Woodstock. This is not what we're, we're not, doing. I don't mean this in a sexual way. I'm just talking about like my brain activity. I'm always on I'm in the podcast. Is on. I'm turned on. What is that supposed to imply? Yeah, I'm talking about like my uh, my enthusiasm, my brain activity. I'm on right now. You, that's not what turn on means at all. Whenever you say that. Oh, whenever I walk up to a group of people, I'm going to say I'm turned on. That doesn't mean <laughs> that's not how you say it. it just came on. No, no. You know what? Go to hell. Your words change. And, and I, I mean, this like a 1960s sort of way. It's not what it. Oh, they do. It's fluid. It's not what it is. It's not what fluid means. Stop trying to twist the word. I hate you. It's fluid. Um, so my next award here is heart stealer. So what, what player? And what team came out of nowhere and stole your heart this year that you weren't ready for? Oh, that's easy. That's the Chargers, baby. That's got to be Herbert all the way. He's my Sherbert. Because that was just the best thing that I could have ever have happened. Where you just watch a guy where you and I talked about, it's a flick. Oh, I'm just going to put a little bit behind it. It's like it, he, it, it was like watching an anime. Where you're watching a guy that is supposed to be normal, where all of a sudden he puts a touch behind a ball and it just goes flying like a million feet. That's what Herbert was to me. It was stupid. It was fun. That's who the surprise was. Yeah, my my favorite player I know is Herbert too. Like that second game he played, I'm like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, how completely ridiculous he was this year. And then my favorite team. I was, is the Washington football team. They're the team that came out of nowhere this year for me. Oh, yeah. my, my prediction this year is it, it was going to be yeah. Cincinnati. And I never really had very much fun watching Cincinnati this year. And Washington was the team that did it to me. I mean, I was the one that actually was behind Washington more than you were. Cause no, I actually, not one bit. I was the one that believed in Ron Rivera. I was the one that was jealous because I said that Dallas should have Ron Rivera as their head coach. How dare you? I said that they were going to have a top 10 defense. They're going to be good. Like, you know, they're going to be fun. Not fun, but they're going to be like, they're going to have a top 10 defense. They win some games, but they're probably your way. I'm going to have to start re-listening to every single podcast that we have because I feel like I am more right than you, and you are selling me short. Listen to Predictions Podcast. Well, I'm going to. Don't try to take everything for me. After after Herbert's second star, I said Herbert's a god, and then I've been on the football team bandwagon all year long. Fine. You were probably one game ahead of me on the Herbert Sherbert bandwagon. But don't you dare say that you were ahead of me on the Washington wagon. I was more ahead of you. I was the one that was jealous of Ron. You were not. Yeah, that's just you being a deranged Cowboys fan, though. You're a liar. Being jealous of Ron. You're jealous. I watched, uh, I watched 17 football games. I watched 17 football team fan games this year. <laughs> you watch anything. 17 You're of gonna- them. I've watched every one this year. Toy Josh Allen, and then you started cheating on him with Herbert Sherbert. I watched. Try to twist anything. I watched all Buffalo games this year. It was fun. I know. I know you did, man. I watched every Washington game. 
We all know. We I all watched know. every LA game except except for Week 17, which I'm saving for. We all know you haven't still washed that Josh Allen jersey because you're still trying to remember the old times where you felt dirty. Oh, I never Just- wash it. Oh my god! It never gets washed. So the next award I have here is least valuable player. So for this year, for least valuable player, I don't even know. Probably Ezekiel Elliott. I'm. I would probably give that. Is that being like too hardcore with Dallas fan? I think I'd probably give LVP. Yeah, I'd give it to Zeke. Okay, I give it to Carson. That's fine, but we come. But Carson didn't play the whole time. Yeah, Jalen. Yeah, but he was 34th in completion percentage. Tied 20th in touchdowns, tied first in interceptions, last in yards per attempt, was sacked the most this year, was 36 in DYAR, and 34 in DVOA. And he was paid like $42 million. Fine. If you're wanting to point out stats is what you call them, sure. You may have won this round. I just feel like, though, I, I mean, yeah, there's no winning or losing. Elliot's a good pick, too. Well, no, I just feel like that Jalen still was able to replace Carson, which is why I'm not going to pick Carson overall, because just like what I said beforehand, Carson would have started every single game, and he would have been labeled as the worst quarterback of all time, because he didn't. Man, Zeke was so bad to watch. It was the worst thing to be able to put up with, where even if you're watching Dak Prescott when he was healthy, sure, Dak would make a mistake, but then right behind him, here's Zeke. Let me just screw it up two times. I hate Zeke. God. <laughs> My favorite thing about Elliot was that uh, he has a nose ring for every fumble he's lost this year. He had to have had about seven nose rings. Yeah. I think, I think he has seven nose rings too. I think he does. He's like an orc in Warcraft. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, I don't think there's anybody that probably looks like, because he tries to look like Camara, and it's like, it's not going to work. Zeke, I want you to start pulling buses then, not uh, pulling cereal bowls where then you just have cereal dripping out of your mouth. That's not as impressive. I just, man, I what? wanted Fat Boy to improve. I wanted to not call him Fat Boy. He didn't look fat. He just didn't look good. Which quarterback would look the funniest with the, with the septum piercing? Wait, which quarterbacks have that piercing? Zero. I was going to say, what? Yeah, which one would look the funniest with it, though? Oh, which one would look the funniest? Yes. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Yeah, pick one. I'm asking you to pick one. Yeah, probably Tom. And that's just because he's the greatest of all time, so why wouldn't he be able to have that type of... I think of he could pull it off, though. I think Tom could do anything. He could pull it off. He could pull it off. My pick is Kirk Cousins. No, because Kirk Cousins would just want to do it to try to look cool. No, he, Kirk... Boys <laughs> that want to just put a beanie on to be able to be cool with front of everybody. Kirk Cousins is... <laughs> he's like the most like blank face I've ever seen. That's true. But he and loves his family, and that's very I, important, though. I completely agree. He's wider than both of us combined. He's the widest you could ever be as a human being. But he loves his family. He likes to grill. You're just telling me that he's even wider than what we originally thought. The only thing he loves more than the Minnesota Vikings is Jesus. Good God, he's even wider. He's important. It's important stuff. Is he pale? Um, I think Geno Smith would go with the nose ring, though. 
What do you mean, Geno Smith? Why are we even talking about Geno I think he looked good with the nose ring. That's all. He looked good. What do you mean he looked good? I thought this was that who would, mo- who would look the most ridiculous. Not, I, well, I'm, we're done. We, we made our picks. Conversation is a fluid thing. I think I think Gino could do it though. I don't want to have fluid conversation with you at this point if you're talking about who you think would look best with a piercing. You don't want to exchange fluids with me? No. Oh my god, I'm done. I'm <laughs> I got you. Uh, who's the biggest coward of the year? Uh, that's different. Are we talking playoffs included? Any, any, or either, whatever you think. All right. Biggest coward of the year, I'm probably going to give to Lamar Jackson. And that's just because you didn't throw it. I don't know if that was part of the game plan or what. You just didn't throw it for me. And we went into the season saying I, you have to be able to take that next step in order to throw off teams. You not being able to do that, it's like he didn't even try. That's where I feel like he's Mike Howard. Yeah, mine's Mike Tomlin, though. Ball at the 44-yard 40, line. Down by 12. Fourth and one. Mike Tomlin? And you punt it. Mike Tomlin? Yes. That, that decision in the playoff game was the worst decision I saw this year. Whatever, you're reaching in. Fourth your and one. Down 12. Ball at the, four, I believe it was the 44-yard line. And they punted it. Down 12. Down 12. What what game was this? The playoff game against Cleveland. Why do I care about against Cleveland game? That game was over the moment of the snap. No, it was over as soon as they punted on on fourth and one. That was when it was over. The snap happened and the game was over. If they score a touchdown there, they're down by five. If they kick a field goal, they're down by nine. See, this is what you that do. Get, they had the they were coming back and they punted on fourth and one down twelve. Biggest coward by far. We were supposed to be having a positive podcast and now you're just trying to ruin it because you're just pulling crap. No, there's no crap here. And also the funniest thing about Tomlin and LaFleur is after their ridiculous fourth down decisions, they defended after the game. Like it was the right decision at the time. I stand by it. There's no defending something. awful. Cowards. I like mine better than yours. Yours is bad. Mine's better. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, Matchmaker. So, entering the offseason, who's your favorite player? Uh, who's your favorite free agent to go to another team for this offseason? If you had to pick the perfect player to sign with a new team. Perfect player to sign with a new team. All right. Man, this one's going to be actually hard. Oh, you know what? No, I got this. Houston, Texas podcast, J.J. Watt going to Cleveland Browns. He's not, free, that, he's not a free agent. Well, he's going to be. No, he's not. Either way, it doesn't matter. I'm considering J.J. No, they're going to give no, him more. No, 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 it doesn't count. That's what they're going to do. Nope. They're going to give him wherever he wants, so it doesn't matter. Nope. All right, so I'll go with this then. I'll say Chris Godwin. There you go. To the Houston Texans. Sounds good. If they him, Watson. Him, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Jameis Winston. Let's go. Boom. Wait, Jameis, what? <laughs> no. Let's go. I don't want to talk to you anymore. What are you talking? I, I hate you. Uh, mine is Jadavion Clowney. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, stop it. We're not going to do One another. One year, 
Five million dollars. A clowny watch. We're done. We're done. Taylor, Clay Matthews had nine sacks two years ago for the Rams. He's not. He's not in the football at all anymore. Leonard Floyd had, I think, a career high of five and a half sacks. Had ten and a half last year. Clowney could at least get four sacks in Los Angeles next season. At least four. I what? He could get four sacks there. I don't know what to say to you about the Clowney watch because it's not going to happen. Because guess what? He's going to be injured by week eight. So who the hell gives a damn? Hey, he lasted, I think, ten weeks this year. He did not last ten weeks. He was healthy all last year. Not last ten weeks. He lasted eight weeks. You are full of it. Don't you dare try remember. to put that on record right now. But he was healthy all of nineteen, healthy all of eighteen, healthy all of seventeen. What? This is the he first. He's only. What was his stats, Matt, for the games that he started? What are you talking about? You're talking about his health. I'm just telling you that he was healthy all of 19, all of 18, all of 17. How many sacks did he have this year right now? How many sacks did he have? He had like 17 pressures. That's not what I just asked you. He had like five quarterback hits. How many sacks did he have? He had zero sacks this year. That's what I wanted to know. How many games did he play? How many games did he play? I don't know. (laughs) I think he played 10. I hate you so much. So 10 games, zero sacks. Great guy. Well, he was skinny and he was out of shape and then he got skinny hurt. Out of shape. Okay. You're skinny and out of shape. No, I'm uh, a little overweight and in good shape. Oh yeah. Taylor, I buy dysmorphia. You can't say things like that. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that hurt your feelings. I'm yeah. Very hurt. Hurt. Scary. All right. So clowning yeah. next year, Los Angeles, one year, $5 million. He'll get at least four sacks there. At least four. I'm not listening to anything that you're saying right now about clowning. He had zero sacks this year. What the hell are you talking about? I'm just playing matchmaker for you. There's Um, no matchmaker. That's matchmaker. So we had some listener questions for tonight. The first one's from at confused lefty. He asked, after watching Mahomes run for his life, do I now think that tackles are one of the most valuable positions in the NFL? And some of the things I like to say, or I, I fully believe is true is that left tackles are important, but they're not that important. Like Laramie Tensel is important, but he's not two first-round picks and a second-round pick important. He's not uh, that plus $27 million a year important. And so, again, we mentioned this podcast earlier. You know, the pass rush was really good for for uh, Tampa Bay, but like you know, the quarterback that you have is more important too. And even then, we were talking about Watson. He was sacked 49 times this year. The second most times in the league. So like again, like the quarterback's more important. The offensive scheme and design's more important than offensive tackles are. And I think offensive tackles maybe like, I don't know, the fourth most important position. And I think the left tackle position in general is just very overrated. What the hell are you talking about? Just stop. Just stop what you're doing right now. This is absolutely ridiculous. A left tackle, Tyrod Smith was signed for a 10-year contract with the Dallas Cowboys. A 10-year contract. That's what left tackles are worth. They're worth every penny, if not more. They are worth probably $20 million a year. That's where a lot of the salary cap goes to the offensive lineman if they are good enough. Are you out of did you? Did you just watch the Bucks this year? Oh my god! So, da- so, 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 Donovan Smith, probably like the 14th best left tackle in football. Yeah, they're Fourth so important. Tackle in the football. What does he get paid per year? Probably like eight million. I want to know more. You got, don't say probably. I want to know the exact number. All right, See, I'll tell you. I have to look up. See, this is what bothers me. 
the offensive line is one of the most important things when it comes to the NFL. Yes, the offensive line I, is, but the left tackle as itself, you don't have to pay left tackle $20 million a year to have a good offensive line. This is ridiculous. The left tackle, you're only saying that because Houston traded away their life for a left tackle that is not very good. No, I mean, Tensel's one of the five best left tackles in football. He's not very good. He's one of the five best left tackles in football. Oh, All my right. God. So, Smith, just... so Donovan Smith, his first year of the contract, $12.5 million, $14.5 million, $14.2 million. Uh-huh. He's probably the 14th best left tackle. It doesn't, it, but that's what I'm saying. $14 million a year. That's what they are worth, if not more. And you're saying that he's a top 15 left tackle. Those guys are worth even more than that because that's how valuable they are. You are outrageous with what you're yeah, claiming. Yeah, it's a premium position. But I'm just saying, like, they, they're, like, it's gone too far the other way. They're important, but they're not that important. Your they offensive scheme and structure is more important. In your claims. It doesn't your make quarterback it is more important. thing to be able to protect the prize that you love. You are crazy. Get the ball out quicker. No, throw, don't throw a screen pass. I hate Chip. you so right now. You know that you are so wrong, and yet you're trying to twist everything, but yet the offensive line is one of the most valuable things. If I'm not, not, again, I didn't say that. Again, you're, you're taking what I said and making it something I didn't say. I'm saying left tackles are important, but they're not that important. It's, I think it's overrated how important they are. No. Third. It's the third most important position. What's that? Quarterback than running back? I may even say center. What now? No. Were you you expecting that? I bet you weren't expecting that, were you? Ooh, hoo, hoo. That's how important I think that the offensive line is. You son of a bitch. I'm not saying the offensive line's not important. You're trying to just. I'm saying left tackles aren't that important. It's It's gone way too far the other way. The Lemmy Tensel trade was terrible. It was ridiculous. Yes, it was this atrocious. This is biasness. This is just you being butthurt about the Lemmy Tensel trade. That's all this is. Look, again, they're important, but they're not like they're not as important as they're made out to be. It's the Tensel thing. Fine. If this is all this is, then whatever. I'll let you get all the hate out. But no, they are more important than what you think they are. The Titans won 11 games with a third string offensive left tackle this year. What does that mean to me? Have you seen the running back? You can win games with again, like you can win games without a top left tackle. It's okay. You don't have to have one. You can make it. You'll survive. What's funny is like if you remember the podcast at all, I said three weeks ago that David Questenberry was really bad in that Ravens game is the reason why they couldn't run the football. And they'd be a lot better. They probably would have won Taylor Luana's healthy, but um, I just think Texans fans are mentally ill about the left tackle position because the tensile trade was so bad. Yeah. And they keep doing everything they can to talk them into it. Um, next question is from at Whoa. F4 Nino, who's a fan I know, who I guess got banned off Twitter again. And he asks, would you trade What would you trade Deshaun Watson for Josh Allen? I would, would not. I? I would not. I think, I think Watson is 90% of Patrick Mahomes. I think Watson's 90% Patrick Mahomes, and Allen is 90% Deshaun Watson. But I would not trade Watson for Allen. Just shut up. You're a liar. Nobody believes a damn word that you say. Do you, hold on. I'll put it to you this way. Matt, do you have a Deshaun Watson jersey? No. Do you have a Deshaun Watson shirt? No. Do you it's, have a Josh Allen shirt? Yeah. Done. Well, it's, it's too... Uh, 
I'm done. I'm it's, done. That's it's all too I easy. To I, I didn't ask anything else. I'm done. No, it's too easy, you know. It's not cool enough to have a Deshaun Watson shirt. Yeah, you don't have to explain yourself. I'm good. I have a Larry Tunsil shirt. I got PJ Washington shirt. No, 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 no. It's cool. I just asked you a simple question. That's all I asked. <laughs> all right. Um, the next question is from at Upper Root Texan. What scam could you come up with to take a bunch of money from Cal McNair? All right. So we have this nice running back. His name is Ezekiel Elliott, and he is worth three first-rounders in the next three years on whatever you have left. So that would probably be the best thing I could ever have happen, if I'm what's, being perfectly honest. What's funny is that if this happened a year later, they could have traded Hopkins for Ezekiel Elliott. It is second-round oh. pick. It could have happened. Yeah, but you know what? After watching what I have as far as wide receiver core, I don't really need that. However, I would trade Ezekiel Elliott for anything at this point. A turd? So, yeah, if you want to give me... <laughs> actually, no, no, no. That's unfair of me. I want to have the Brad Pitt trade. I want the soda machine filled and the turd. Okay. How about, how about the soda machine filled with turds? A soda machine filled with turds? That doesn't sound right. Okay. Have turds, have soda machine. We're done. There we go. Uh, I think, so Die Hard Chris talked about this video on the internet of Cal McNair with his daughter where there was like a lot of feet involved and it was like a, a lip syncing video. So what? I would find this video and then I would hold it for him for blackmail and get like $1.2 million for it. That's how I would scam Cal McNair of a lot of money. This sounds like a Law & Order SVU episode. It's true, Detective Season 1 is what it is. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. I'm not Olivia Benson. I'm not Detective Stabler. I don't know what's going on right now, but I don't like it. It's true, Detective Season 1. And we had two questions from Steph Stradley. The first one is, how often does your brain explode that Cal McNair picked Jack Easterby over Deshaun Watson? How many times a day does your brain explode? It hurts. And it's only because it's like what I've talked about with some of the listeners here. His name is Samantha, a.k.a. Sam, a.k.a. Samantha. But in the end, I just feel he's your bread and butter. You have a piece of bread and all you want to be able to do is butter that bread. And you have him as your butter. But all you said was, nope, I want it to be dry. And you take a buy out of it instead of taking care of it with butter. Well, if you're being healthy. So that's what you're saying that he's doing. No, that's what I'm saying he's doing. No, 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 no. That's what you're saying. No, no, no. That's exactly what we're talking about. Though. I'm just talking about your metaphors all. No, no. What you said was exactly what I wanted you to do because you're cutting out what makes you happy. You're cutting out what's the good. You're wanting to just be boring. You're wanting to be plain Jane because guess what? You're saving that dollar. You're saving that weight. And you know what happens in the end? You're a loser because you want to be able to have that butter because that butter is good and you deserve that butter. Deshaun Watson deserves it. You take care of the butter because he makes you feel good. He is what brings you back to the bread. That is what you want. The fact is you did not take care of the man, and I hate that. So in the end, you promised him some type of say. You promised him that you would at least be able to talk to him, and you went against it. I think, this is, I think you've watched too many commercials lately, but I think this is the most beautiful thing you've ever said. I'm very <laughs> proud of it. Uh, I don't have any brains left. My brains are all over the wall. 
I'm uh, I'm playing patty cake with my brains. And oh, yeah? the one thing I will say though, and I keep saying, it's gonna get dumber, and it's gonna keep getting dumber. And once you think it's reached the absolute dumbest, there's another layer of dumbness beneath beneath that. And there's no bottom to how dumb this thing's gonna get, and will continue to get. Um, her last question was the coaching staff. How can this work? The one thing about the Texans, like David Coley, I think his hiring just shows that they're going to trade Watson. I think Tim really hit the nail on the head with that one. The second thing is the Levy Smith defensive coordinator signing is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It is so absolutely mind-wrenchingly stupid that I, I, I can't, I still can't get over it. Like I, I, it like there's not a world that I could have imagined that even that would happen. And here we are. And I can't wait to watch Zach Cunningham cover the intermediate deep middle in Lovey Smith's Tampa 2 defense. It's going to be the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but Lovey Smith needs a job, right? Wait, wait. I thought he was actually coaching a college team. No, he got fired at Illinois. He was there for five years. <laughs> they went like 20 and 47. Oh, no. I thought he had a better record. No. They were like 112th in defense every year. Yeah, but isn't that classic Texans? Isn't that what we do? We're going to make ourselves look better. Which, by the way, again, I'm going to go back to some of the listeners here. It's all about Matt, and you agree with this. Is this how many scapegoats can I hire? I think it was like that whenever they fired Brian Gain entering the 2019 season. This isn't a scapegoat. This is like, we're going to be really bad, and let's own how bad we're going to be extremely nerdy right now it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh reference where you have a Karibo and you have four where you're trying to sacrifice that's what it keeps seeming like when it comes to the Houston Texans I'm just gonna throw something out there to have it destroyed because then in the end I'm gonna be protecting myself but with the Houston Texans I feel like they kind of just it's kind of like that but the opposite it's like Jack Easterby's hired all these people to protect himself. So it's like he keeps adding new layers of armor with Nick Casario and now David Coley. But he's kept on doing it to where it doesn't. And that's why I want to make the comparison as nerdy as possible. But yet in the end, you've done this in the past. So now it's like people are kind of going around it where we've already destroyed those things. We know that you're just, you're a piece of crap. Yeah. And you, you turn your back on the fans, which is what people hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna get dumber. And like, I was trying to think about how I write about the Texans offseason. Like, well, if they trade Watson, there's this thing. If they keep Watson, it's this other thing. And so I think it's like write everything in two different ways. If they do trade him, they do trade him. They should trade him before um, the NFL draft so they know what those picks are worth. And I think they're going to. I really do. I hope that he goes to Miami then because then at least you get a lot of picks in return. That's the only way that it's going to be able to work for me because Deshaun Watson, it's only worth four first-round well, draft. Well, again, the, Jet, the Jets can give you four first-round picks and two first-round no. picks. Oh, The Jets can actually give you that in two drafts. You can get four first-round picks from the Jets, and then you get two first-round picks. I want Herbert, though. If I was a Terry Watson, I want Herbert. That's where I would start at. million years. Maybe. Maybe they need a new fan. They got to get their fans out there. Stop it. You know, you never know what happens to a young quarterback. Never. Everybody loved Baker, and then you saw what happened to him year two. What do you mean what happened to Baker? Cleveland never gave up on him. That doesn't make any sense. But I'm saying like year one, everybody was so excited for Baker. No, crap no, year two. Him, he man. was crap. He was crap year two. Year three, he was uh, kind of crappy. So who knows, you know? 
It's now it's gonna happen. Look, I'm just hoping someone from the Chargers is listening to this. They're like, mate, he's making a great point. We should trade for Deshaun Watson. Out your damn mind. All right, Justin Herbert, Jalen Guyton, step on to it, a first round pick for Deshaun Watson. Let's Matt, do it. you could trade Herbert straight up for Deshaun Watson. It'd be worth it if you were a Houston Texans fan. But if you are the Los Angeles Chargers, you're never going to do that in a million years. Yeah, start high. And then you have to work your way down, you know. Why would I be able to want to pay a guy versus having the rookie? Because Watson's a top five quarterback. You're out of your damn mind. Well, thank you for listening to Bowery Radio. I'm Matt Weston. Uh, until next time, keep. I don't know. Let me try this over again. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening to Bowery Radio. Thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. I'm Matt Weston. And again, thank you for listening to Bowery Radio. Whatever, I hate you. I thought it was pretty good. There are a million bad ways to start your morning off. The no coffee traffic jam. The soggy morning jog. The why is the dog taking so long? Just go already walk. But you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using Method hair care products. Designed with high-quality ingredients, Method's new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine. And hey, if you're a night shower kind of person, that's great too. Try pure peace infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein. Or simply nourish, crafted with coconut, rice milk, and shea butter. Or daily zen, made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop methodproducts.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.